At the order of U.S. President Joe Biden, the U.S. is now reviewing its foreign supply chains to reduce its dependence on China. For years now, Taiwan manufacturers have also been trying to reduce their reliance on China as more evidence comes to light that investing in the country is a trap. We get the lowdown from Taipei analysts. In recent years, not a few international companies have been caught in a trap set by China. In the beginning, China says, come, come, I'll provide land and I'll provide talent. You just hurry and come on over. Then after China acquires your technology, equipment and talent, it turns around and starts auditing you. You might think, an audit? So what? Go right ahead and audit me. But their audits have no rhyme or reason. If they feel like raising your taxes, they'll do it. This strategy is known as Cultivate Trap Kill, and China has used it again and again. Baocheng Corporation, the world's largest maker of athletic shoes, is also the world's biggest victim. 30 years ago, China invited companies to set up shop in Dongguan City. Once the local government had obtained key technologies they wanted, the companies were driven out by tax investigations. Following an audit in 2014, Baocheng was asked to pay 35 million NT in back taxes. The next year, audio peripherals maker Primex Electronics was asked to pay a shortfall of 200 million NT. In 2016, shoemaker Fengtai Enterprises was deemed to have transferred profits to an overseas subsidiary. For that, it was asked to pay 223 million NT in back taxes. Facing Chinese tactics, many Taiwan firms have already turned to new markets. In Vietnam, we are seeing more and more technology factories of firms like Honghai, Kompao, Lighton, Gemtech, and even Chilixing. Honghai set down roots in Vietnam long ago. It's mainly based in North Vietnam. It's subsidiaries, including FIT Hongten, FIH Mobile, Xunxing Technology and Sharp, all have strongholds there. Today, if you asked a major international manufacturer if they wanted to sell a factory to China, it would say, absolutely not. Selling a factory to China is like shooting yourself in the foot. But when factories are sold to Taiwan, it's a win-win. We have excellent management skills, credibility and technologies. These are the keys to our successful transition. Over the past several decades, Taiwan manufacturers have been pivoting to countries besides China. After the eruption of the U.S.-China trade war, these companies were able to weather the storm and turn crisis into opportunity. President Tsai Ing-wen headed to Geelong on Monday for an inspection tour of the Lanyang Missile Frigate, which is assigned to the 131st Flotilla. This flotilla is a frontline patrol unit tasked with intercepting intruders northeast of Taiwan. During her tour, the president thanked the crew for protecting the country and its sovereignty. On her inspection tour of Geelong's Weihai Naval Base, the president boarded the Lanyang Missile Frigate. This was the first time new Defense Minister Chiu Guozhen joined President Tsai on an inspection tour. The president joined officials and soldiers for lunch, where dishes featuring pineapple were served to support Taiwanese farmers. The president gave a speech expressing gratitude to service members. On behalf of the people of Taiwan, I would like to thank all of you. For 24 hours a day out at sea, you endure the wind and the cold to protect our territorial waters. In peace, the 131st flotilla monitors the actions of Chinese warships and escorts and transports goods to Dongyin and Matsu. In an emergency, it immediately takes action to assist with rescues. These are major responsibilities. Your brave actions show our military's resolution to defend our sovereignty that we will not yield an inch. 
Recently, Chinese warships and planes have made frequent incursions into Taiwan's waters and airspace. The 131st Flotilla, which patrols the waters northeast of Taiwan, is tasked with intercepting intruders. After thanking the military for protecting Taiwan, the president was gifted a hand-drawn picture depicting her giving a thumbs up in front of a Tuojiang Corvette. Last year, our indigenous national defense program had numerous accomplishments. The Tuojiang Corvette entered service in the Navy on January 1st. I believe that the addition of this high-performance vessel can redouble the 131st flotilla's capabilities. Tsai said she told her defense minister that indigenous defense was a top priority. I've already asked Minister Chiu to supervise the Navy and ensure progress in barracks renovation. I also expected Minister Chiu to carry out the projects in place to strengthen the combat power of our three military branches. According to an analysis piece on CNN, the size of China's Navy has tripled in the last 20 years. It perhaps already surpasses the size of the American Navy, threatening to upend the global order. In her visit to Jilong on Monday, Tsai appeared to underscore Taiwan's resolve to defend its territorial waters. At the Legislative Yuan, voting took place on Monday to decide the chairpersons of the eight special committees. This year, the Taiwan People's Party decided to vote with the ruling party. The outcome of the election was eight co-chair seats for the DPP, seven for the KMT, and one for the Taiwan's People's Party. Given that it's difficult for small parties like ours to grow in the legislature, we have worked to obtain the greatest degree of support and the most room for development. The committee chairs all coordinated with the party caucuses. Now all of us hope that in the future, cooperation and national policy can be handled with less partisanship. In the previous committee chair election, the Taiwan People's Party chose to vote with the KMT, but came up empty with no seats of its own. This time, it's aligned itself with the DPP to secure its first committee chairmanship. Politics can make fickle friends, and changing allegiance can sometimes pay off. More babies are being born underweight than ever before, according to new health ministry figures. The average age at which women give birth continues to rise, which may play a role in babies' falling weights. But a new neonatal home care program has launched to give families with vulnerable babies the best care possible. These days, mothers are more concerned than ever, not just with the health of their baby, but especially with their weight. Stats from the Health Promotion Administration show that in 2019, the proportion of babies weighing less than 2,500 grams at birth reached a new high of 10.24%. Meanwhile, 10.4% were born prematurely. Causes include the size of the placenta, as well as chromosomal abnormalities and the age of the mother. When women get pregnant later in life, they may not be in as good physical condition as younger mothers. We sometimes see them not taking in enough nourishment. Some mothers may be more concerned about their physical appearance and they don't want to gain too much weight in pregnancy. Then their weight may be too low. In 2010, the proportion of babies born to older mothers was just 17.47 percent. By 2013, it was over 20 percent and kept rising to reach 30.94 percent in 2019. Babies born underweight have kept pace, rising from 9.04 percent in 2015 to over 10 percent in 2019. 
Many of those were born prematurely. The risk of organ function problems has grown concurrently, sometimes resulting in respiratory problems, intraventricular hemorrhage or other conditions. We want pregnant women to consume a balanced diet and not restrict their diet. We need to have regular natal checkups to make sure the baby's development is keeping up at every stage. The HPA has launched a new neonatal home care program to help parents who are taking care of premature or underweight babies. Currently on trial at five hospitals nationwide, it will help neonatal nurses give families the best support possible. Today is International Women's Day. President Tsai Ing-wen spoke to the nation in a pre-recorded video pledging even greater government action in achieving gender equality. Let's hear from her now. But I have even higher hopes. I hope that no matter the profession, outstanding performance by a woman won't have to be held up as an example, but can simply be seen as a matter of course. I hope that one day we can open up a magazine and not see the words career woman, just as we currently don't see the words career man. Tsai spent the day at a naval base in Jilong, where she took a detour to inspect the living conditions for women on warships. The Lanyang missile frigate has a crew of 200 people, 17 of which are women. Tsai said the accomplishments of women in the military show that both sexes can contribute to national security. Although the last weekend brought rain to northern Taiwan, water levels at many reservoirs are still at alarming lows. With no end to the drought in sight, administrators of Shinzu Science Park say they want to dig wells in the park itself to supply factories. Speaking on the plan, Economics Minister Wang Meihua says an impact assessment will need to come first to, to determine whether wells would trigger land subsidence. We can activate this water pump, and over on this side, water comes out for people to collect. Below the wooden planks, it's a water pump for times of emergency. With the drought turning dire in Shinju, these reserve pumps are on standby to offer respite. It puts me more at ease. If we run out of water, we can all come here to get some. It's more convenient with a deep water well. Home to big factories and lots of residential users, the greater Shinju area has long struggled with water shortages. Long ago, it set up a host of wells for emergencies. Last year, due to the drought, the government did a survey of all reserve wells in the nation, counting about 1,250. Among them, 160 are already connected to the Taiwan Water Corporation supply system, providing 340,000 tons of water a day. But with no end to the drought in sight, Shinju says it's thinking of digging even more more wells to directly supply its plants. It's a plan that's raised concerns that the land on the park could cave in. When digging a well, it has to be in a place with plentiful water reserves and where the land will not subside. Weekend showers in northern Taiwan have deposited 6.21 million tons of water in local reservoirs. Though Shinju's Baoshan and Baoshan 2 reservoirs gained 36 millimeters, they're still at just 12.34 percent capacity and a alarming low. Actually, we have been feeling the effects of climate change since 2018. We have to be prepared, which is why the forward-looking infrastructure plan has 1.96 billion NT for emergency water wells. To keep the drought from slowing down production, the government is scrambling to develop more water sources. President Tsai Ing-wen took to social media with a message to the nation, asking everyone to do their part and conserve water. Also on social media, Central Weather Bureau head Zheng Mingdian warned that little rain is expected in central and southern Taiwan 
until plum rain season in May. He too urged the public to conserve. Taiwan's Golfing Association has launched a six-year campaign to improve access to the sport. Despite its elitist image, they say it's a great pursuit for families of all backgrounds. Golfing veterans hope a massive nationwide funding campaign will help the next generation of golf stars dedicate themselves to the game and maybe end up in the international arena. The Golfing Association has planned a six-year campaign to promote the sport. Starting from the grassroots, it has three goals. The association's secretary-general Wang Zhengsong hopes it will help cultivate Taiwan's next Yani Tseng or CT Pan. Golf is the most efficient single sport a normal family can use to turn its fortunes around. That's not just my opinion, that was the conclusion of an academic study. In fact, for us East Asians, golf is the competitive sport least impacted by physical build. The campaign's three goals are to destroy the notion that golf is only for the rich, to promote the idea that golf can help turn your life around, and to increase the number of people playing golf in Taiwan. There are currently about 300 high-level youth golfers in Taiwan. They hope within six years, there'll be 1,500. Our plan for promoting grassroots golf will focus equally on the countryside and cities. Schools across Taiwan, elementary schools, middle schools, all will have chances to receive grassroots funding from the sports administration. Together, we will push forward the development of golf. In the first stage of the six-year campaign, schools can apply for one-off funding for facilities to set up clubs. There will also be annual funding available for golf clubs. Wang believes more diverse opportunities are needed for golf to thrive. If young people show their talent, corporate investment will emerge, he claims. In the long run, he hopes the campaign will push Taiwan onto the world golf stage. These days, when you're walking along the streets of Taipei, you may notice a manhole color that's not quite like the others. If you look closely, you'll discover iconic landmarks of Taipei. Since 2012, the Taipei city government has been working to spice up manhole covers with art. Last year, it unveiled its newest creative venture, eight original designs that celebrate the capital city. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. The city government unveiled 25 manhole covers featuring local characteristics, such as at Da Dao Chen. The buildings represented here include the Shanghai City God Temple and Watson's. We're in Da Dao Chen, Datong District. Strolling through this historic neighborhood, a splash of color catches the eye right away. It's a manhole cover featuring iconic buildings of Datong District, the Shanghai City God Temple, and the landmark traditional apothecary Watson & Co. Not bad. This street is well planned. I think it's refreshing. It makes me want to explore the local culture. We are from Shinju. The manhole cover at Dadao Cheng is by the designer Liu Kangming and his team at Bicho Studio. He and his team also created art for another manhole cover in Datong District, featuring a historic post office. We wanted to design something that flips perspectives so that people can see the world from a different angle. So one idea we played around with was elevation. For example, say that I'm living underground like a ninja turtle. When I look up at the sky, this is what the world looks like. That's the point of view we adopted when designing the manhole cover. 
We hope that when you travel, you can change your perspective on how you see things. Over at Nangang District, one manhole cover features a rock musician and a scientist against a backdrop of trains and local buildings. At Wanhua District, a manhole cover features Ximending's Red House, traditional temples, and festivals. We did a trial run of special themed manhole covers for Nangang, Datong, Zhongzhen, and Wanhua districts. We've completed two manhole cover designs for each district. We're hoping that these designs will resonate with the public. So we took stock of each area's characteristics and we brought in very professional design teams. The Taipei Hydraulic Engineering Office plans to bring creative manhole covers to all 12 districts of Taipei. It's hoping to use manhole covers to celebrate the capital and to introduce locals and tourists to each neighborhood. We will continue to install special themed manhole covers for Taipei's other eight administrative districts. The design process is about to begin. In the future, we will have 24 designs across 12 administrative districts, each representing the local characteristics. Later on, we're hoping to plan some interesting activities to generate more ideas for this manhole cover project, so that it's not just limited to the characteristics of each administrative district. Want to see them for yourself? There's an online map that shows you can find each and every one. Until March 21st, you can have the chance to win a manhole cover coaster by taking a photo of yourself with a themed manhole cover and posting it to the Taipei Hydraulic Engineering Office's Facebook page. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Weiyao in Taipei. Let's head now to Xizhou Township in Zhanghua County, where an ancient religious tradition is bigger than ever this year. Each Lunar New Year, puppet theater shows go on at the temple in Kungsul Village to thank the gods for prayers answered in the past year. But this year, the number of believers sponsoring performances is so great, they expect the show to go on for 20 days straight. Let's check it out. Firecrackers go off and the puppets are ready for curtain up. Looking up and down the street, there are mobile theatres as far as the eye can see. This special scene is a Kung Tso village tradition. I've never seen so many puppet theatres. It's so busy and so beautiful in the evening. I saw the news online, so I came to take a look. It's so special. The local Buddha temple celebrates the Buddha's birthday on the 17th day of the new lunar year. This unusual temple is no central god figure. Instead, the steel in the centre of the altar reads homage to the Amitabha Buddha. On the birthday, believers pay puppet theatre masters to offer thanks to the gods and gratitude for prayers answered. And with lots of grateful parishioners come lots of puppet theatres. They have a tight schedule. At the moment, there are 250 theatres. We divide them into groups and schedule them day by day. The most was 38 on one day this year. After the pandemic hit last year, the temple welcomed more visitors and heard more prayers than ever. That means there are more people coming back to say thank you. Local leaders say they expect puppet performances to go on for 20 days straight, a unique homage to traditional culture and ritual. 